Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about Strive. Uh, I've been on the road uh, last couple of days talking about ESG. And one of the solutions that is so important is uh, in our hands. And that is take your money out of BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. Now, you may not know if you have that. Um, but I guarantee you're most likely in one of those funds. Uh, and they are using your money, your retirement money, to um, cripple us. Cripple us with the E, the S, and the G. Vivek Rabishwami is um, on. Has been on this program. He announced his fight against ESG, and it is an index fund that, by investing, it's exactly the same index that um, BlackRock and Vanguard are using. Except if you put it under drill, D R L L, which is uh, traded on the New York Stock Exchange now. That those stocks, your voice will be to open everything back up and empower these energy companies to make energy. Strivefunds.com slash DRLL. Go there now. And welcome to the program. Smith and Wesson, the CEO, has, oh my gosh, I almost said fired back. <laughs> oh, that would have been so dangerous. Oh, the language that is being used on the Clebeck program today. It's incendiary. It's almost calling for a civil war. Did you hear? Next, he'll be saying they're targeting people. Smith and Wesson, the, less, the, uh, the uh, letter to... Uh, What's her name? Baloney Maloney up on the hill who is targeting the gun industry. His response coming up. Oh, and a very, very shocking monkeypox update. Don't say it, Stu. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say out loud why we're only giving while we're giving this update. Don't say it. I will not say it. Mike Lindell is at it again. Apparently, the original My Slippers are almost completely sold out. They're really great slippers. Mike is launching a brand new all-season slipper, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98. By the way, is anybody done with the heat of summer yet? Oh, it's only me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, MyPillow.com. Use the prom- promo code BECK. It's uh, just around for a limited time, so don't wait around right now. They're made to wear all year long. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Use the promo code BECK. Receive this incredible limited time offer. They come with a one-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. It's MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Promo code BECK. 800-966-3117. 
Oh my gosh, here it is. Some would say the only reason why we do this update is for the theme song. But that would be cheap and crass. Which I've been accused of. Blaze.com. Smith and Wesson President CEO Mark Smith has issued a statement in which he said that politicians who have denigrated the gun manufacturer have actually contributed to the nation's crime problem due to the policies they support. That's crazy. Oh, wait a minute. I'm on the wrong story. I'm sorry. We're on a monkey pox. I was just enjoying the music here for a second. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought the monkey pox update was a little different than if that. If you wouldn't have looked at me with that face that you just made, <laughs> I would have had no I would have continued to gone and did the Smith & Wesson thing and said, there's your monkey pox update. I mean, can, can we get him in the Hall of Fame for a second time? Oh Is that gosh. possible? I am so tired. Oh, and geez. there you have it. Another example of why Glenn Beck is in the Radio Hall of Give Fame. Give me the monkey pox update music. <laughs> Sex between men. There we go. Not skin contact Uh is fueling monkeypox. Oh, no. This according to NBC News and, quote, new research. Mm. Since the outset of the global monkeypox outbreak in May, public health and infectious disease experts have told the public that the virus is largely transmitting through skin-to-skin contact, in particular during sex between men. Now, however, an expanding cadre of experts have come to believe, have come to believe that sex between men itself is likely the main driver of the global monkeypox transmission. No. Yes. I I won't hear it. Now, I don't know how they're differentiating here because (laughs) I think sex requires some skin-to-skin contact. Usually does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, unless they're, unless they're doing it differently than I am. I, I, well, I believe they are in this particular case. Good point. Well, I'm too tired to do this show today. <laughs> Very good point. A growing body of scientific evidence follow the science, including a trio of studies published in peer-reviewed journals, so you know you can trust it, as well as reports from national, regional, and global health authorities well, now you got me. This is absolutely true. Has suggested that experts may have framed monkeypox typical transmission route precisely backward. But other than that, they're nailing yet another pandemic in action. But why did they? Why did? Well, why was this backward? We all know why was this backward. Oh, PC, right? They, exactly right. They didn't they, want to say that it that could they, come from sex, mm-hmm. actual sex, and. Part of it you can understand because you didn't want to do that with HIV because HIV, remember, it became a gay thing and it wasn't a gay thing. Uh, I mean, you could get it through, you know, it's blood, etc. Et et yeah. So they didn't want to make monkeypox a gay thing. Well, that and they also wanted to be politically correct. I mean, if they didn't want to make it a gay thing, they should have also said, just said, you know what? But it's happening in the homosexual community by large, by large, and so you should just avoid, you know, the orgies and the bath yeah. spas and stuff like that. But they didn't do it, and it wasn't even just the the 
uh, LGBTQQIA2 plus concerns here. It was also just, they couldn't even say, how about just stop some promiscuous sex for a while till this goes away? They couldn't even say that. Just, just be with a monogamous partner. Yeah. You want to have. Protect you yourself know. and and don't yes. do it for now. They didn't do it. No. So what a surprise! Those who tell us to follow the science didn't follow the science and got it precisely quote backwards. <laughs> which shocking. I'm not gonna. I've got another monkeypox update. Well, we still have the theme. We do. We yeah, have a still theme available. for it. Yeah. The monkeypox theme is still available. We're, we can play it as many times as we want. <laughs> should we save it or should we do it now? It's another. You're right, Stu. I mean, this is science, it's important. man. This People is... are suffering. No. <laughs> you know, we've got to get yeah. the facts out. Right. Now, I'm. <laughs> this is such a stupid show it is don't worry the world's burning down but we're doing this uh, <laughs> i just love that because i know this has happened to me several times you're walking down the aisle of a grocery store and you're just saying monkey pox and you just monkey pox. how weird must that look <laughs> to, a, to a passerby <laughs> okay so um in a completely unrelated story to the last monkey pox update Gerbils, I'm not making this up. Gerbils and hamsters may have to be put down. No. In order to control the spread of monkeypox. Oh, no. Now, it's not everybody's gerbil. It is just the gerbils that are found in the houses of people with monkeypox. Oh. Okay. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Sometimes, sometimes truth is uncomfortable. And sometimes more detail of a news story is not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to you, that is an actual news story today. All right. May I, um, may I now do the story on Smith & Wesson? Yeah. You know what? Let me take... <laughs> oh, jeez. Let me take a quick break because I don't want to interrupt the Smith & Wesson story. But I am so tired. I've had like five hours of sleep over the last two, uh, two days. Do me a favor. Remind me in 60 seconds what I was supposed to do after this commercial. Got it. Okay. Back in just a second. Uh, you know, on a good day, if you think back really hard, you can probably remember a time when food wasn't outlandishly expensive. You remember those days? Yeah. No, we're not quite at the point where you have to haul a wheelbarrow of cash around just to get a loaf of bread, but it could be coming. Now, I don't know about you, but $2.50 a meal for a food that is delicious and stays fresh and good for up to 25 years. Pretty good deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good deal. You know what I tried? Uh, I tried because we, we live up uh, at our, our ranch and our farm. Uh, during the summer, and uh, so we we buy food, and we put it in the pantry, and then you know it sits there on the pantry, and we thought you know what we should get a lot of food and put it in the pantry just in case something happens. You know what we do now? We throw a lot of that food away because, and I tell my wife all the time. She's like, 
this 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 has gone bad. It's no good. It it's the expiration date is last year. And I'm like, and when I was a kid, we used to use expired food all the time and we liked it. And look at me, I'm the picture of health. How could it be bad for it? She throws she throws food away that's like, you know, past the expiration date. I don't think peanut butter can go bad. I don't think so. Like mayonnaise, I throw it away before the expiration date. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I leave it on the shelf. That'll be bad by the time I get home. Yeah, the expiration date thing is a scam. Really? Come on. It is. Isn't Force, it? I mean, pretty much. Like, okay. That doesn't mean like, you should, you're right. You shouldn't eat mayonnaise two years after the expiration date. But <laughs> yes. they, there are exceptions to this. But generally yes. speaking, I think they they set them... So they set them long before they need to. So I have many cases. I have bad back problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the doctor will give me, I don't know, scalaxin or whatever the hell it is. Some sort of muscle relaxer because my whole back just tenses up. Mm -hmm. How many are you on today? Seven. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's so. (laughs) No. So um, and uh, I had a back problem the other day and I was like, honey, do we have any? And she's like, no, it's way out of date. It's like two years old. And I'm like. Are really medicine when the world goes bad. Okay. When the world goes bad and I'm standing there with a bottle of penicillin and you've got, I don't know, you're riddled with monkey pox and I look at the penicillin and that's, that's what you need is penicillin. Mm-hmm. And I go, Oh, it's a year out of date. Are you not going to take it? We should point out this is not medical advice. Uh, you should oh, not don't listen take, to us at no. all on whether you should pay attention to expiration <laughs> Especially dates. Especially from me. Scalaxin <laughs> is just running through, but it's been, it's outdated. It's like two years old. So <laughs> probably doesn't do anything. Probably doesn't do anything. Mm. I could drop dead. Mm. Don't <laughs> take expired. Anyway, my Patriot Supply <laughs> will keep your food fresh for 25 years. Now, imagine a cheeseburger and fries when it costs 15 or 20 bucks. $2.50 a meal right now. It's affordable food. It is really good, and it lasts for decades. Uh, Preparewithglenn.com. Grab your three-month emergency food kit for $250 off. Your food ships fast and free. Also in unmarked boxes. So the postman, who's now a member of the spy agencies. Oh, yeah. And there's turning the freaking frogs gay go to preparewithglenn.com preparewithglenn.com it might be one of those shows that uh would probably be uh left better on a shelf than (laughs) on the on the broadcast um all right back in six uh, back in 10 seconds after station id is it a monkey pox update now yeah it's gonna be a weird show look out when I get tired, the show usually gets better, but only if I'm really pissed off. But that could happen at any minute. Smith & Wesson might happen right now. Don't have my glasses. Good. This is going to work out well. Smith & Wesson president, CEO Mark Smith issued a statement in which he said that politicians have denigrated the, uh, the uh, gun manufacturers And they have actually contributed to the nation's crime problem due to the policies that they support. Now, I find this absolutely outrageous, Stu. There's no way, no way that they have played any role whatsoever in any of this. Right? Right. 
A number of quoting a number of politicians and their lobbying partners in the media have recently sought to disparage Smith and Wesson. Did you hear what he just wrote? A number of politicians and their lobbying partners in the media have recently sought to disparage Smith and Wesson. Some have had the audacity to suggest that after they have vilified, undermined, and defunded law enforcement for years, supported prosecutors who refuse to hold criminals accountable for their actions, overseen the decay of our country's mental health infrastructure, and generally promoted a culture of lawlessness, that Smith & Wesson and other firearm manufacturers are somehow responsible for the crime wave that has been predictably, uh, that has predictably resulted from these destructive policies. What a bastard. What a lying, conniving, evil capitalist. But they are the ones to blame for the surge in violence and lawlessness, and they seek to avoid any responsibility for the crisis of violence that they have created by attempting to shift blame to Smith & Wesson uh, and other firearm manufacturers and law-abiding gun owners. Man, well, he's about to get it. I'll tell you when I hear the response from the politicians, it's I bet it's going to be big. Many politicians remain staunch advocates for gun control. Last month, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the assault weapons ban of 2022, though the bill probably not going to make it through the Senate. While the term gun violence has become a commonplace expression, guns do not commit the crimes. To be clear, a Smith & Wesson firearm, says the CEO, has never broken into a home. A Smith & Wesson firearm has never assaulted a woman out for a late-night run in the city. A Smith & Wesson firearm has never carjacked an unsuspecting driver stopped at a traffic light. But I will tell you right now, if I am ever pulled over on the side of the road by a Smith & Wesson weapon... And it demands my car. <laughs> I think I'm going to happily give it to. I would like a selfie with that gun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, maybe using its cell phone. Instead, Smith & Wesson provides citizens with the means to protect themselves and their families. We will never back down in our defense of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment of the Constitution states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, I personally like his response. Uh, You know, but sometimes I just can't see common sense. So now let's look at what the politicians are saying. The Oversight Committee Chair, Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney from New York pushed back on his remarks in a statement to MSNBC. I'm sorry, to CNBC. She said the CEO of Smith and Wesson refused to testify before my committee and face the families who have lost loved ones because of his company's weapons of war. The committee will not permit Smith and Wesson to dodge accountability or to obscure the gun industry's role in all of this violence. They're not going to do it, Stu. A number of politicians. uh, No, wait, wait, wait. Um, She said. um, 
why is why is everything going wrong on me today? The Oversight Committee has been investigating America's firearm industry. According to the panel, major gun manufacturers, including Smith & Wesson, have made over a billion dollars in the last decade selling military-style weapons. Okay. She goes on, and she says, as the world watches, the families of Parkland victims relive their trauma through a shooter's trial. It is unconscionable that Smith & Wesson is still refusing to take responsibility for selling the assault weapons used to massacre Americans. She says that his statement shows how afraid they really are. Okay, I got a couple of things. First of all, I don't think they deny selling the weapons, or I should say, producing the weapons that were sold to people who then use them incorrectly. I'm not going to sue the lawnmower people if somebody comes at me with a lawnmower and they're holding it up like it's a fan and just shred me like baloney, Maloney. I'm not going to shoot. I can't believe the lawnmower industry will not. Why are chainsaws still available when we've got this Jason guy out with a chainsaw? Why? I don't know. Jason's crazy. It's not the chainsaw's fault. I believe it's uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre who would be they'd be killing with the chainsaws. Jason would. That's not really his. His shtick as much. What's the other guy's name? Michael Myers. Yeah, Mike Myers. I think the you chains. Want, you want Texas Chainsaw Massacre? That's the no, le- Leatherface no. would be the Leatherface used to train chainsaw, but I'm pretty sure Jason or Mike Myers also used one at some time. It may not have been chronicled in the okay. documentaries. <laughs> it was a that canon. You are yes. <laughs> okay, shut up, Stu. I'm fighting for my life here today. <sighs> okay. So I'm not going to blame the lawnmower company Mm -hmm. or a chainsaw company for some thing that did or didn't happen in a movie. You don't blame the gun. I want to just address how afraid Smith & Wesson is and why they felt it really important to say how rich the blood of Smith and Mr. Wesson really is. We'll do that coming up in just a second if stop if Stu would just stop correcting me this show this story would have been done 20 minutes ago it's important that we keep our serial killers separate the Glenn Beck program all right let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour it is lifelock gosh you know sometimes i sit back and think on all the technological process that we, progress that we've made over my lifetime and it, and it makes me wonder you know who knew that a few dorks building computers in their mom's garage were going to change the world? And then one of those dorks would grow up and give us the inflation reduction bill, you know, just through a couple of drinks uh, over a dinner, just talking about it with uh, the senator from West Virginia. Ooh, you don't know that story yet? Anyway, cybercrime is affecting you because of dorks and criminals. And I'm not suing Bill Gates for the criminals that are misusing the Internet and their computers. No one can prevent all identity theft. Then nobody can monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you want the best protecting you. And that is LifeLock by Norton. 
Join now. Save 25% off the first year with a promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Coming up next, the exciting conclusion of the Smith & Wesson saga. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Glad you're here. So, uh, Congresswoman uh, Baloney from New York has uh, come out and responded to Smith & Wesson's CEO's letter uh, open letter to uh, America and the world. And she said, it just shows how this company, who's made a billion dollars on weapons of war, how afraid they really are. Carolyn, if I may, someone who is afraid, and I know because I've seen them all over America lately. Someone who is afraid avoids confrontation. They apologize. They accept the blame. They do what they're told. They cower. They roll over to the bullies. Oh, just make it stop. Okay, okay, okay. I'll attend it. I'll attend your meeting. Okay, okay. I give. People who know what they believe, who have the truth on their side, who have tried to unite and tried to find common ground, but continually are hit in the face by the bullies, they don't feel the need to bully back. They don't feel the need to push people down so they can laugh and point uh, at them and make fun of them in front of the crowd. Traditionally, Americans don't like bullies. Uh, For some reason, we're in this thing where we think the bullies are somehow or another the victims. But uh, we don't like bullies. And soon, and I think this letter is a a beginning of it, soon Americans will remember what it means to be an American again. We stand up for the underdog. We root for the little guy. The baloney from Maloney that starts with pointing out that Smith & Wesson's profits is a feeble attempt to make the Smith & Wesson company into the big bully. The only problem is Smith & Wesson with only a billion dollars is a much smaller target than the United States government who spends $4 trillion, trillion dollars, spends $4 trillion. By the way, Smith & Wesson, they have the money uh, to fight their own battle due to the fact that they make a product that millions of law-abiding citizens all over the globe use to legally protect themselves, their homes, and their children. The government, on the other hand, doesn't make their money. They confiscate trillions of dollars, and then they spend it on wars, not overseas, but using weapons of Cold War on our children. Propaganda, intimidation, controlling the media, and they use it to destroy our children, our families, our businesses, and our very way of life. I don't know. I've looked at politicians and I wouldn't trust having one in my house because you never know what they might do. A gun made by Smith and Wesson or anybody else. I know exactly what that's going to do if it's left in my house. Nothing. The CEO of Smith and Wesson is merely stating facts that 
still always have been and always will be universal truth. And they're just pointing out that universal truth bends to no man, no matter the force or so-called progress or who's in power. And the truth is the individual is supreme as well as responsible for their own actions. A knife can be used to teach a grandson how to whittle. It can be used by a man who, you know, is enraged and desires, desires to kill anything or anybody. We don't blame the knife. Well, England does, and we will soon. Why isn't, why isn't it that we, why is it that we blame the gun, but we don't blame Twitter or Facebook for what these same people say is hate speech? Why is the individual blamed and banned and not the platform? How can you, how can you ban the user of social media and not ban Twitter or Facebook? How come the knife, the gun, and social media aren't all neutral? Because of people and their individual choices. In this case, those people who are the biggest bullies because there are no police to call when these bullies are out of control all remain in the government. Pat Gray joins us now from Pat Gray Unleashed. Hello, Pat. How are you? Oh, Perfect. In almost every way. Perfect. As always. Mm. Uh, there's, so there's nothing bothering you. Like, no. You know, were you born in a barn? You leave the door open or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And, and there was something like that that's kind of interesting at the border. Really? Uh, they were on somebody's land that had put up a fence and a gate and it is kept locked and it's barbed wired at the top. Mm-hmm. And the Texas National Guard was actually making sure that illegals who were gathered at that gate weren't coming through. Yeah. Uh, they huh. kept they locked it up and okay. and were standing by making sure that they didn't break our laws. Okay. Now I understand we have some video of this. And we do have so some video and you'll see what happens. These are all this is the first time we've actors. ever seen this. The Texas National Guard closed and locked a gate here at a major crossing area huh. in Eagle mm. Pass. Illegal immigrants showed up at the gate expecting to be let in. The National Guard said, "Nope." We're not going to be the ones to let you in. The uh, the immigrants just stood outside and waited. And here's what ended up happening. Border Patrol showed up. Take a look at this video. Right. A Border Patrol supervisor oh. showed up with a key, unlocked the gate, and let all of the migrants into the property. It's private property. The landowner uh-huh. allows Texas law enforcement as well as Border Patrol to work here. But you can see the contrast between yeah, the state of Texas's it. approach as well right. as the federal government. I can see the contrast. I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah. He was right yeah. about that. I yeah. saw it. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is difference. private land. Yeah. So how is it? Did the government put up the fence or is this a private fence? It's a good question. Because I don't know. I'm wondering if I have private property and people who are knowingly breaking the law, uh-huh. if the federal government cam- comes onto my private property and opens up my private fence with my private lock. Mm-hmm. And says, "Hey, yeah, come on all through. Just come on through this guy's property. I have a problem with that. 
I mean, he does say that I guess they allow he allows the law enforcement to work there, so maybe they're the ones controlling the fence. I don't know, but it's certainly if they're if they're the ones making those decisions, Incredible. they're doing it poorly, uh, very poorly. Yeah. What happens? What happens if there is a fence and a bunch of Smith and Wesson guns swim through the river? Oh no! Then wow, these guns climb up situation. the hill. Dangerous situation. Dangerous. There could have been a war on mm-hmm. our border there if could've. those if guns, guns would have been standing at the gates. Yeah, thanks to Smith and Wesson. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Created <laughs> for one purpose. Yeah, and that's to kill. Kill. Kill that's people to kill. in war too. Yeah, weapons of war. Anyway, so you have a problem with this. a little bit of a problem. Okay. Yeah, it shows you the difference between the way Texas is trying to handle things and the way the Biden administration is handling things because the border patrol falls under the uh, guidance, if you will, of the Biden administration. When is our state going to lead the way? Um, I like the busing thing. You yeah, know, it's I good. Love that. love that. I love that. Um, but when is the Biden administration, or I mean, uh, the um, uh, the state here going to actually lead the way and say this is an invasion? Yeah, they, they should be doing. I should have done that a long time ago. Right. I mean, they, you know, New York, after, you know, 14 people come into a city of, you know, 7 million, they're like, there was a bus that arrived. (laughs) We don't we don't have room for buses here. I'll tell you exactly when they start getting the border right. When our governor is Beto O'Rourke, that's yeah. when they will start to yeah. nail it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get yeah. a lot better, everybody. The right. other thing you can't help but notice is all the families that were pouring across the border. Could you show that video again? Because Look it looked at the like families, it, the women, the children. It looked like a bunch of It's so men. heartwarming. That, I didn't see it. You know, they're of... coming here for a better life, no, these families. but I didn't see. I see. And I just see. There, there they are. It's yeah. a bunch of men. It's uh, almost all men. We counted four women. Out of, what are there, 30 people there? Well, maybe they all identify as women. <laughs> it's possible. We didn't ask. but uh, How would you know what a woman is? <laughs> there's no way to tell. But it's just from, from start crazy. to finish, it's a, just an outrageous situation. And they'll tell you that these are just families looking for a better life. Their children are here, mm-hmm. and they got to find a place for the children to mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. Not a single child in that. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, too, there are a lot of long-term risks to what's going on with drones in the world, but like it is really screwing up the government's way of hiding this wow, stuff. Wow, it is. Because they, Fox News has caught them on the border doing so many things. Multiple because times. They just fly drones right by, and you're getting perfect views of exactly yeah. what they're doing over and over and over that's and over That's why over we again. need tougher drone laws. Yeah, yeah. Wait for that argument to <laughs> the come. The New Jersey chapter of the nation's largest teachers union, the National Education Association, the NEA, has published an ad now labeling parents who speak out at school board meetings against critical race theory and gender identity lessons as... Domestic terrorists? Extremists. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. New Jersey citizens should agree that students deserve a world-class education, and that should be separate from politics. However, however. However. The video cuts to black and white photos Mm. of people yelling in crowded meetings. Can't have that. You can't have people yelling. No. And the narrator says, these parents are protesting these school board meetings. These parents are extremists. When extremists Mm. start attacking our schools... That's not who we are. People who only want to fight to score political points should take that somewhere else. Listen to how they turn this around. Yeah, I know. Every single time. Every time. Masterfully. Just turn it around like these are the here's the problem. So I will tell you that I spent some wow. uh, I spent some time with politicians yesterday. Lots of them. 
lot. Some would say too many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I met with the uh, Republicans in the uh, Utah House and Senate uh, briefing them on um, ESG. And uh, I will tell you, I had multiple conversations with people who said, please tell our constituents they have got to call the switchboards. They've got to call the Republicans and just say, please do this. Or you guys are standing up for this. Thank you. We have your back. They Mm. said, you have no idea the teachers unions and the unions and the banking lobbyists that just put wave after wave after wave of pressure and phone calls against us. And we feel completely alone. Mm. We have to be engaged. We have if you have a politician who is standing up, I met. I met, I think, I think it's fair to say, I've really searched my mind the last couple of, uh, the last 24 hours on this. I think I met the most sincere and uh, brave politician in in my life mm. yesterday. Really? Yeah. A member of the House or he Senate the, in Utah? He is the leader of the Senate in Utah. That man, mm. it, it, uh, I walked away and I stopped in the hallway and I looked at David Barton and I said, I think I just met the most sincere and decent politician I've ever met in my life. That And it, mm. It, mm. It, it, this guy is amazing and trying to do the right thing. But he's one of them pointed out and said, Glenn, if we start down this road, we are going to get hammered. Please tell your audience to support the good guys. Let them know they're not alone. So please do that. All right, back in just a second. Planning for the future can be difficult, but sometimes getting the ball rolling is easy as seeking somebody out to help you. Not just a fresh set of eyes to look at the situation, but an actual expert set of eyes. In the case of your financial well-being, the name to trust is American Financing. They've spent the last two decades helping people just like you find the best ways to save money. From mortgage refis to equity loans, they're at the forefront of the industry. Now... If you haven't already, please give American Financing a call today. They're America's home for home loans. And here's the best thing. They're honest. They work for you, not the bank. They don't get any kickbacks or anything else for, you know, uh, the bank will, will give mortgage lenders bonuses if they sell this loan to you. They don't have any of that. They don't engage in any of that. They won't jam you into something. They're going to do the right thing for you. So please, if you have, you know, thousands in in credit cards and you've got 20 percent interest rates, please call American Financing and see if they can help you out. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440-AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com.
Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, by the way, China has begun rationing energy supplies. So, you know, what could happen there? Uh, they're rationing it and um, they are uh, their electricity. Hydropower is down about 50 percent uh, and they're having a heat wave. And uh, they said, ah, you know, we got to leave the power for the people. So so stop using uh, so much power and they're actually cutting the power companies. Uh, the, the power companies are cutting the power to production lines. So that's not going to be a problem. That's not going to be a problem at all. It's amazing just how th- there's no focus on how to power our actual needs. No. It's about like changing the power we already use into some different sort of more expensive source that's theoretically quote unquote cleaner rather than saying, hey, we're going to need a lot more power than we use now. Well, not, of we course need, we are. We don't need what we need now. That's that's nothing. We, we need to plan for the future. And instead, they're like, well, what if we rolled out less efficient technology that turns that's on and off half the time and doesn't really work consistently and uh, seems to get completely made obsolete within a few years? Well, if we don't lose control of a free market and a representative republic that can listen to the people and respond, we will come up with the solutions. And I, I think you're already starting to see nuclear energy is starting to go back on the table again all over the world. But hurry, this sale ends Friday. Program. I have to tell you, somebody came up to me the other day and they said, tell me about the sweat block stuff. And I'm like, and I, I could have spent 20 minutes with them. Uh, Stu is the same way. You asked me, what was it, Monday? You were yeah. like, I did a sweat block commercial, and you were like, Wait, how does this work? I don't yeah. understand. It's amazing. Mm. Okay, so they have the regular stick that you can use, but they have sweat wipes, okay, sweat block wipes, and you just wipe wipe it under your arm before you go to bed, wipe it under your arms, uh, and then the, in the morning, take a shower and everything, and you don't put deodorant on for a week. And that's not like, it's not like, oh, man, I'm so tired of putting deodorant on. I'm tired of smelling in the summertime. I'm tired of sweating up a fat, sweaty storm <laughs> and then stinking when you get close to anybody. They're like, okay, you've been outside for a while. Sweat block stops it. I still sweat, but, you know, mainly for my forehead and, and every place else. But I don't smell. My underarms don't, you know, I'm not putting big rings under my shirt. It's amazing. Truly amazing. You've got to try this stuff. Uh, get the deodorant stick or the sweat block wipes. Sweatblock.com. Promo code Beck. Save 20%. You'll find it at Amazon. Sweatblock. America, 
wow, do I have a treat for you. I have a guy coming up who grew up feeling alienated, distant from the uh, from the American dream. Um, in high school, he was attracted to left-wing ideology. He found himself caught up in the anarchist subculture. Uh, he would dress up in garish outfits, making t-shirts, flags, uh, zines, which I don't really know what it is, to fund his activism. And he became very active. He learned about the anarchist history, got involved in, quote, direct action, destructive acts, and mayhem. Uh, angry, angry at cops, angry at Wall Street, angry at corporations, angry at America itself. He hated America. Oh, he also holds a bachelor's degree in general studies with a concentration in social justice essentials. Oh my God. Now, he's also an avid dog trainer and dancer. So, I like dogs. We have a lot in common. This guy, you are going to love hearing from. He had a moment where he went, wait a minute. I might be on the wrong side. And his life changed. He now loves America and is speaking at universities all over the country, warning students about what is happening. I want to hear this man's story and his pivot point. I've been waiting to have him on for a couple of weeks. Gabriel Nadalez joins us in 60 seconds. CarShield is uh, the company that you really need to have, or at least check out, if you have a, a car that is without a warranty. Once your warranty expires, you're on your own, and it is not like you can open up the hood and fix your car anymore. You you can't. I mean, you can't even diagnose your car anymore. Now you have to have a, a, an expert do it, a computer look at it, and then. Probably it's going to be a chip or something that it's very, very expensive. You might not come across too many subscription plan-based companies that offer you a chance to lock in a rate today. The reason is obvious. Inflation is driving the cost of everything through the roof, and that includes your car repair. I want you to call CarShield and get the coverage that you need. Uh, when CarShield uh, has covered me with my trucks that break down because they're old, lots of miles, they have saved my bacon over and over again. One of the repairs was, I don't know, six or $7,000 a couple years ago. And I thought, why didn't you call me before you repaired this? I would have never spent that. And they're like, it's Car Shield. I felt like I was getting away for, with something. I was like, oh, yeah, Car Shield. Okay, thank you. Bye. <clears throat> Carshield.com slash Beck. Save 10% on your plan right now. Carshield.com slash Beck or call 800-391-8888. Gabriel, I am so excited to have you on the program. He is the author of Behind the Black Mask, and he is the national director of the Western region of Our America. Hello, Gabriel. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You bet. So, um... I would imagine there was a time in your uh, life, uh, probably fairly recently, that the last person you would have thought uh, you would be talking to is me. 
Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, especially because I've been a conservative activist for quite a little bit now, but I never expected to really speak out about my story until 2019 when my friend got beat up at Berkeley. Uh, he's the one who President Trump invited at CPAC back in 2019. And, you know, I was his, uh, we're best friends. And I started realizing just how horrible campus violence was getting or just leftist violence in, in general. And I decided that I really needed to speak out about my experience with anarchists and the Antifa movement. So I've been doing that for about three years now. Well, thank you for that. Um, so tell me, tell me about your life in the movement and what your pivot point was. Sure. So this is actually a ways back. A lot of people don't realize that Antifa is a lot older than than uh, people think. Yeah, it started in the 30s. Uh, maybe yeah, in the, 20s. In the 30s. So yeah. th- I, I first got involved in like punk music because uh, there's a huge connection in the 1980s and 90s with Antifa and the anarchist uh, punk music. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, I was into that and I just went to a protest. I just went because I wanted to be involved. And somebody in the black mask, you know, came up to me and he asked me if I wanted to join him and his friends. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And for about a year and a half, I was participating in direct action. I was part of the Occupy protest in, in Los Angeles, the animal mm. rights demonstrations, all of that for from 2011 to 2012. And, you know, we just it was all about creating havoc to really oppose the American system that we thought was the most fascist system out there. And uh, what was the pivot point with you? What was the point where you went, wow, I, I, I shouldn't be here? You know, it's actually kind of interesting because there's never been one point where I say like, wow, you guys are bad. It was a slow transition, but I also think that it was inevitable because I'm a very curious person. I'm always, I always want to hear what the other has, has to say. And, you know, at the time I was a leftist, so I started reading about Milton Friedman and Thomas Sowell. Well, mm. these are great authors, but at the time I didn't like them. But I found them interesting enough that I wanted to grab their ideas, talked about them with my friends. And well, guess what? Just for asking questions about these ideas, that was the very first time I was called a capitalist pig. And it just made me realize that some of these people didn't even care about like the actual ideologies. They just wanted to promote this propaganda of like us versus them, like the fascist system, we're the liberators, but they're just full of themselves because they don't really, or they're not really looking to build a better society. They're just really build, looking for control. And slowly and surely I started reading learning more about conservative movements. And then I slowly became conservative. Um, and, you know, to this day, I'm still very much the same person. That's how, why I have that bachelor's degree in social justice essentials, because I still want to learn what the other guy says. Good for but let you. me tell you, the more I learn about leftist ideology, the more it makes me realize just how wrong they are and just how much I love America. This is a remarkable turn in, in, in an individual. First of all, have you ever had the chance to meet uh, Daniel Horowitz or uh, no, um, David Horowitz? David Horowitz, I have not. Have you read any of his I, books? Yeah, I've read a few different books. Okay. And I'll tell you this. I didn't meet him while I was in the movement, but somebody in, in Antifa who also left, he's in his 40s now, uh, about 20 years before I was involved, he was involved. And he told me that one of his first protests was to protest David Horowitz and free wow. speech. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had great conversations about like the similarities and differences of uh, our eras in the movement. Yeah, well, you are. Uh, I mean, you remind me of him. He 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 did exactly the same thing. He was all for it until we withdrew from Vietnam and everything that 
the uh, right was saying would happen if you leave a power vacuum happened. And he said he realized none of his friends or, you know, comrades actually cared about the people. He was like, but wait, 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 wait. We, we were wrong on this part of it. And he said they didn't care. And that spun his head because he really did care. Yeah. And I mean, that tends to be the case with a lot of this, these uh, far left movements. They pretend to care. They have all the right slogans. And if you ask them about whatever issue, they'll tell you how much they deeply care. But once the issue has been resolved or we're working towards a solution, all of a sudden that's not enough. They're doing it wrong. It's because it's still under the, the 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 capitalist system, and the capitalism itself is horrible. They'll just make up a lot. They'll keep moving the goalposts time and time again because, again, all they want is just control of your life and control of everyone. So, so tell me how much how much of the movement uh, is was like you, where I mean, it sounds like you kind of joined because you wanted to belong to something. Uh, and you kind of got you kind of got wrapped up into it, and it it taught you um, the hatred and the problems. Um, but you really weren't. It doesn't sound to me like you were really rooted in it. Um, do I have that accurate? Well, in part because uh, Antifa didn't teach me to hate America. I, I got to say, like growing up in in K through twelve system, public education, it really preconditioned me to hate America before I even got involved with the the anarchist wow. groups. Because there, let me just tell you, there was a biology teacher in my middle school who would love to yell at the top of his lungs about not biology but about atheism. And one day, I remember he was yelling about how how proud he was of his sons for being race atheists. And of course, people who don't who believe in God are freaking sorry about this. They, he said stupid. And I was like, yeah. dude, that's our parents. And of course, I'm a seventh grader. Uh, I'm not going to speak it back to him. I was just kind of like, okay, I guess I mm. should just kind of keep my mouth shut. You know, those are the kind of things, the, the, the kind of teachers that really turned me into hating America because I was indoctrinated into believing that everything that my parents taught me, everything that society is telling me is good is not because you have these ultra leftist teachers who think that their job is to tell students what to think, not how to think. So uh, have you met, have you read much Martin Luther King? Um, I've read one of his books and a few different of his speeches. Okay. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the, the, the book. Um, so uh, Martin Luther King talks a lot about reconciliation. He, he's, he, he makes a very big point to say, we cannot look to win because that implies a loser and you can't leave half the country or a third of the country behind feeling like a loser. Um, they, they, ha- we have to reconcile. Now, I believe there are people that will never change and I can't reconcile with somebody who really believes burn the entire country down and America is horrible and the constitution and everything else. I, I, I don't know how to reconcile with that person. And I don't think we can. However, there are people that are like you, I think that if we could find a way to actually have a conversation that we would uh, we we could reconcile not with everybody with some. D- is, well, you know, it, the exciting part is what I'm doing right now. I'm working for an organization called Our America. People should check it out. It's at joinouramerica.org, and our job is specifically to do that. We're not talking about conservative or liberal issues. Correct. We're talking about American issues. Mm-hmm. We really want to bring people from the left and the right together. We don't care again if you're from the left or right, as long as you're pro-American. And our research shows that. 
the vast majority of Americans believe in America. I mean, they think America is great. They think that America is uh, the greatest country on earth. We're talking about 70, 80, 90% of the issues people agree with them. The problem is that you have a tiny minority of radicals that have infiltrated legacy media and a lot of something mainstream uh, issues, and they pretend that they're the majority, but they're not. Every time you hear partisan or ultra-partisan or uh, ultra, uh, issues that divide people, look at the research. It shows that only about 10 to 15, maybe 25% of people support it. One of the best issues, I think, is um, defund the police. A few years ago, 2020, you would think that the entire Democratic Party and basically the majority of the country believed in defunding the police. But again, research shows 20, 20-some percent of people actually support uh, defunding the police and something like 70 some percent of black Americans want mm-hmm. more police officers in their neighborhoods. Sure. So that's what we're talking about our America it's about so, bringing issues so to, how, uh, people together. How do we how can we do this in our own lives? And if this is true that we actually agree on things, what are we as people missing to be able to connect with our neighbors because they seem to still be voting when the uh, when it's clear what's happening on the left is a hostile takeover of the Democratic Party, um, an infiltration, and they have just it is a leftist operation now. It is not the Democratic Party. It's a leftist operation that is going for things that I think average Americans are against, but yet they don't seem to disconnect from it. What am I missing? Well- well, you know, that's the challenge because some of these issues, they paint this dichotomy of like you're either a good person when you're with us or you're a horrible person, evil person if you're not. And a lot of people say, well, I'm not an evil person, so I must be with you guys. So first of all, we have to call out that rhetoric because, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. We really need to call that out, but not, not just call it out. We also have to actively build a community that is pro-American. And again, that's what our America is trying to do, really build communities at the ground level and to really call out a lot of that, uh, that uh, toxic rhetoric and just promote great American values at the ground level. It's not a project that's going to be done in like one, two, not yeah. even like five years. Right. It's going to take some work. But we're confident that we really are able to show the greatness that is America. Okay, so um, Gabriel, I, I want to take a break and give you a second to to think about an answer on this. Um, but what are the things that that you first went? Wow, America is a good place. Where sh- where does that even begin? And where are conservatives missing the the boat when we talk about America? back in just a minute his name is gabriel nadalas uh he is the national director of the western region of our america you can find all of this information at joinouramerica.org joinouramerica.org 60 seconds and we're back with gabriel's answer uh rough greens wants to tell you uh about your dog and your dog's health and actually i'm gonna have sharon tell you she just wrote in she said i live in kansas um our pit bull molly Molly doesn't seem like a pit bull name. Uh, Molly was in rough shape when we adopted her 10 months ago. Um, She responded well to high quality dog chow, but her coat still had a strong smell and bathing didn't eliminate any of it. She's now been on rough greens for several weeks now. She loves it. Her coat smells much better. She is also more energetic. And thanks. uh, Thanks so much. Rough greens. 
Uh, some of her other issues are resolving nicely. Thank you, Rough Greens. Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement, and it was developed by a naturopathic uh, Dr. Dennis Black. You put it on the dog's food. It has everything in it that is really healthy for your dog in the right dosage. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog's going to love it, but they want to make sure that you don't spend any money that you don't have to. If your dog doesn't love it, it would be a waste of money. So they're giving you a first trial bag for free. And all it is meant to do is just make sure that your dog likes it. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. It's free. All you have to do is just pay for the shipping. That's it. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or you can call them at 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLENN-33. 10 seconds. Station ID. Gaber wrote a book. I think it was released about 2020. It's called Behind the Black Mask. Um, he is part of an organization called Our America, uh, and he was uh, very anti-American growing up and part of radical action uh, with Antifa. Uh, he's uh, joining us now. So, Gabriel, what is the what was the thing that's the first thing that you said? You know, America is kind of a good place. You know. One of the things that I love about this country is that ideal of freedom of speech. The idea that we can have heated discussions, arguments even, and then we can go home and say, yeah, I mean, we can disagree and that's perfectly fine. You know, I found many people in, uh, that were not in radical politics that were like that, especially in college. Surprisingly, I met a lot of conservatives who I argued with. And, you know, at the end of the day, we were friends. We would just go out to this diner around the, the corner from right from the college, you know, and I love that idea because it was about that community that people really wanted to work together. We just have to walk past or get past that toxicity that that tiny minority of radicals like to promote but that the, idea of community. But the idea of Antifa and the left is um, to silence speech because speech is dangerous, you know, uh, and uh, and you're a fascist if you say the wrong things. So how do you. Yeah. How do you approach that with somebody who is, you know, on the radical side of things? Well, you know, I've had a lot of experience uh, talking and arguing with some of these leftists. And a lot of times they don't even know what they're saying. I'll, uh -huh. I'll say that flat out. There is some people who are very well read, but then they extrapolate little snippets of information from some, uh, some very interesting authors. And they'll just use it as a, a tagline. So one of the things that I often do is I actually ask them questions. I get them beyond the point of like that, uh, like capitalism bad, like, okay, what do you mean by that? What's capitalism? You know, and when you get into the niche of things, all of a sudden you realize that there's a lot of contradictions. I mean, that's where my degree in social justice comes in, into place. Yeah. Because um, one of the things that I've noticed is, for example, I tend not to use the word capitalism anymore because it was created by Marx. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also when people talk about uh, capitalism, you know, being, say, for example, like the uh, the responsible for slavery, I'm like, no, it wasn't. Capital modern capitalism was founded in 1776. The Dutch company was actually part of mercantilism, which is the precursor that capitalism came to abolish. Uh, if you look at the, 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 the people who founded capitalism, like, um, I'm uh, forgetting this author. The, uh, Adam uh, the Smith. Hand. Yeah, Adam Smith. Adam Smith, he actually wrote in his book that founded capitalism how uh, slavery was immoral and unprofitable. So, in fact, capitalism was a key factor to abolishing slavery. You know, like those, when you get into the nitty gritty of these issues and you ask them questions, they don't really have answers to many of these questions. 
I, uh, Gabriel, uh, you are one of my favorite people. I love people who are <laughs> intellectually, they like the challenge, uh, and it leads them to sometimes uncomfortable or um, surprising decisions in their life. I, I would love to have you uh, join me for a podcast because I'd love to spend some you know, more time with you and, sure. and talk about it. What, by the way, just what do you call capitalism now instead? Free oh, market? I just talk about the free market, free market, free market or equal opportunity, because, you know, that's what that's what, OK, quote unquote, capitalism is about, about the idea that everyone has the equal opportunity to make the name for themselves. Gabriel Nandales, thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much for joining us and uh, and and your hard work. Join our dot org. Join our dot org. Hope to have you back, Gabriel. Thank you very much. All right, next, the CDC and corruption? What? The Glenn Beck Program. Just about every day on this program, I share experiences of real people with you, people who have had their lives changed by taking Relief Factor, and I'm one of them. And I can say with confidence that I wouldn't be here where I am today if it wasn't for Relief Factor. Uh, I just flew uh, yesterday and I cut my travel almost to nothing uh, for about five or six years because it caused me so much pain to fly in. I don't know what it was, but it was the altitude uh, and I would have to be... uh, had my hands and my arms wrapped. Um, it, 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 it was really bad. Yesterday, I flew with no pain. I didn't have that anymore. I can't explain it. I don't care. But it's relief factor. Three-week quick start developed for you, 1995. Please try it. I know you've probably tried everything else. Please try this and see if it works. You'll know within three weeks if it's going to have any effect on you at all. ReliefFactor.com. Get their three-week quick start trial. Just try it. 1995. ReliefFactor.com or 800-4-RELIEF. It's more important than ever to have someone to push back against the mainstream media. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Now, I don't want to give you another reason to be freaked out by the size and power of our federal government. Uh, You know, uh, I think the IRS uh, adding, you know, 87,000 new agents and the FBI's latest episode at Mar-a-Lago, you know, it's been enough, been enough. Uh, But the New York Times uh, has more great news about what they call, uh, quote, a tidal wave of pandemic fraud. Now, I don't also want to be the guy who says, I told you so. Half of America told you this was a bad idea. But I told you so. And so did half of America. This was a bad idea. The pandemic checks, when they started rolling off the press, um, there was a lot of people who said, this is the greatest thing ever. And, uh, you know, it wasn't rocket science to say, you know, I bet when you have a government that operates as if it has an unlimited checkbook and you just open the floodgates and just gush money in a panic with zero oversight, I think you're going to get some fraud. 
It's even more telling when the New York Times admits that maybe this pandemic relief was a bad idea. Because remember, the New York Times thinks almost every single bat crap, crazy Democratic spending idea is just genius. So to hear them say, quote, trillions of dollars flowed into federal relief programs with few strings and minimal oversight, resulting in one of the largest frauds in U.S. history, end quote. That's pretty remarkable that to put it in perspective, keep in mind that the current U.S. national debt is over $28 trillion. In 2020, our leadership approved $3.1 trillion in relief money. And this was to help the unemployed and boost the economy. Last year, they approved another $1.9 trillion. And by the way, relief, the relief insanity, totally bipartisan. I mean, sometimes I guess conservatives, you know, forget that they're conservatives at all. You know, it's a bedtime story they tell themselves. It's an interesting thing to examine closely, though, because we have complained, rightly so, over the $1.9 trillion COVID bill that came Mm -hmm. in with with Biden Mm -hmm. and the $740 billion Inflation Reduction Act that just passed. And that is $2.6 trillion of spending. It's, It's significant, Glenn. Um, But we do tend to overlook that the Republicans signed on for a $1 trillion plus stimulus package. Mm -hmm. They signed on to a $280 billion chips package, Mm -hmm. which was for supposedly going to corporate welfare. uh, They've had several other spending bills, and that doesn't even include the multiple trillions of dollars that they all agreed on when Trump was still president. Yes. So, I mean, like, you know, yes, inflation is more of of, of the fault of the left, but like... You know, it's a especially the moderate Republicans that have crossed the line over and over and over and over again here. There's a lot of blame to be placed there. As it well. is time for the Republican Party to either go away or be reborn. A new baptism. Forgive us our sins and actually stand up again because neither side is serious about any of this stuff when it comes to money. Anyway. There's been so much fraud related to the $5 trillion that there are now 500 people from the FBI, Secret Service, IRS, Postal Inspection Service, and offices of various inspector generals working full-time on pandemic fraud cases. There's nearly 500 government employees doing that now Mm. across all these agencies. The IRS, you know, just hired 87,000, and they've got... 500 well not just them all of these agencies have a total of 500 people 1500 people have been charged so far 450 people have been convicted investigators say they've barely scratched the surface the labor department's ig office alone has 39,000 investigations open the small business administration which by the way has its own police force did you know that i didn't know this small, small small business administration as a yeah. police force as a police force i didn't know that but mm. anyway they're wake, making their way through two million potentially fraudulent loan applications ha huh. the sba usually gets 800 calls per year on their fraud hotline this time they've received 148,000 calls from the first year of the pandemic now mm. this is how dumb apparently we are Do you remember that $600 unemployment benefit that the federal government offered on top of whatever amount a jobless person received from the state? 
Well, applicants were not even required to provide proof that they lost their job due to COVID. They had just to swear that it was true. Oh, I promise, I promise, I promise. Our government entrusted $5 trillion to the honor system at a time in American history where there is no honor. Here's some of the uh, examples of some of the fraud that they missed. And now this again, according to the New York Times, 29 states paid unemployment benefits to the same person. 29 states to the same person. Mm. A Postal Service employee got an $82,900 loan for a business called the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, an individual got 10 loans for 10 non-existent bathroom renovation businesses using the email address of a burrito shop. Multiple people received relief money for their farms. They were just defining a farm to be their front yard. One scammer used <laughs> pandemic relief funds to buy $57,000 Pokemon trading cards. 342 people managed to get small business loans by listing their name as not available. N.A. Now, no one has any idea how much how much money was really lost to fraud here. One official estimated that the improper unemployment payments alone could be about two hundred billion dollars just from one part of it that's almost a quarter of a trillion dollars from just unemployment fraud hmm but don't worry government's got everything under control um you know we've got things that we don't believe in anymore but we are going to reform them yesterday yesterday rochelle walensky raked her agency a Cross the coals, and she outlined a plan to overhaul the CDC. She said, we are in real trouble. So she's created a new executive team to set priorities and decide how to spend the CDC's annual budget of $12 billion. $12 billion every year. Yet over a million Americans uh, died from uh, COVID, so it doesn't quite add up. Uh, one external review of the CDC recommends improvements, including releasing scientific data more quickly to improve transparency, Huh? translating science into practical and easy to understand policy. No, improving communication with the public. No, I think we heard them loudly training the CDC workforce to respond better to public health emergencies. <laughs> All of that begs the question, what were they doing with a 12 billion dollars before? I mean, isn't this what the CDC is supposed to do? So the CDC admitting that it has a problem is a first crucial step, but the other steps matter as well. Okay. Biden administration's DEI virus has struck again, this time in the CDC. Part of Rochelle Walensky's uh, proposed overhaul includes creating a new equity office. Now, I was thinking to myself, as we were watching people die in the nursing home, uh, I thought, you know what? But is there equity here? Uh, it's going to keep an eye on all CDC functions from hiring policy to improve the agency, agency's diversity. Thank God. I mean, when somebody answers the phone, 
I need to know that there's a chance that I'm going to talk to somebody who's a transsexual. You know what I mean? I have to know that. At least rest assured. I don't want to ask them questions. I just want to know that. Do we have the right number of homosexuals, heterosexuals, uh, people who think they're an animal of some sort? And then, of course, all of the colors of the rainbow. Because that's following science. You know, I don't think disease actually cares what color you are or who you sleep with. Dr. Walensky didn't address the uh, footage. To be of, fair, some diseases do care who you sleep with. Monkeypox. Uh, that does monkey seem to pox. be. Mm-hmm. Monkeypox. Dr. Walensky uh, didn't address the footage of President Biden signing the bill on Tuesday, which is really too bad because it perfectly illustrates what the CDC and all the federal government is about under Joe Biden. Performative theater. Mm. Did you see it yesterday? Joe Biden wearing a mask to the podium. Takes it off to cough (coughs) in his hand, then proceeds to sign a bill, hand the pin to people Mm -hmm. and then shake hands with everybody with the hand he coughed into. And also look like he's completely senile while he's handing the pen over. I mean, I was the, the eyes are empty there's nothing behind them nothing that's a totally different story but it's important to point out if you watch that video you've noticed it well so anyway i started this segment by saying i don't want to give you any more reasons to worry about the government except uh, those three <laughs> reasons uh all right you know it used to be the case that you'd look at your paycheck and uh you know all you'd have to be unhappy about was the amount taken out in taxes ah the good old days now when you look at it you also have to consider whoa uh how about the hidden tax of inflation because this is staying the same amount and i'm not going to be able to buy all the things i need with what's going to remain after taxes and after your mortgage and your usual expenses and the credit card debt hanging over your head for over two decades american financing has been listening and helping people just like you that sometimes they're not in any kind of problem. Most times, you know, people are like excited to buy a new house. They can help you there, but they can also help you if you're in trouble and you're like, I- I'm not going to be able to make it. I've got to find a way to lower the payments on some of the stuff I own, especially credit card debt or your mortgage. This is where they come in. They can help you pay off those high interest debts. American financing. You could be saving hundreds of dollars a month. That will help take the the load off of your mind. Please just call them. Just address it with them for 10 minutes. If they can help you, they'll tell you. If they can't, you'll know. Then you can worry. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is... The Glenn Back Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We have Stephen Moore joining us here in uh, just a few minutes. Uh, Stephen Moore, um, finance guy, used to be one of the head writers for the Wall Street Journal. Um, he is a, a, an economist that really knows his stuff, doesn't usually panic. 
You know, he's kind of what you want in a financial guy, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who's not like, oh, oh my. <laughs> he's really quite calm. Um, but he has been looking into the uh, the uh, the bill on um, inflation reduction. Mm. And he's found some things that were tucked in there. It just exactly what we said. I said, you cannot pass uh, the build back better bill because uh, that has everything in it that they want. And if they don't pass that. They will just take it apart and they will pass it piece by piece. And once they have all of the parts, they assemble the engine and turn it on. Well, I think they have all of the parts. Uh, And a lot of those parts were in the bill. Uh, I told you, I think yesterday or the day before, page six, it's like 685 or something. It talks, it gives power to the EPA to regulate and create ESG pan, uh, penalties for farmers who are using fertilizer, traditional fertilizer. Um, you're going to start seeing a lot of things happen. And by the way, it, we're experiencing such drought. There are people that are going to banks right now who are ranchers. And they're like, you know, we're short on water. We need to get some water delivered to us for the animals. And I'm telling you, the time is coming within the year, the next year. Um, You are going to see a time where ranchers and farmers are going to be turned away because they're not doing uh, they're, they're using traditional farming techniques. And they, the banks will say, we can't give that to you because you're using fertilizer or you're using way too much water and cattle, uh, the, um, the emissions from cattle is just too bad for the planet. So we can't, we can no longer give you a loan uh, for what you do. And you're going to see farmers go out of business. You're also going to see farmers driving their tractors on the highway, a little like the truckers did uh, in Canada. I think you are maybe 12 months away from having massive protests from our farmers. And uh, we should teach our kids now where food comes from. It doesn't come the from store. the okay. magic yum yum bag in the middle of the store. No. Usually it's Uber Eats, right? I mean, that's where the... No, it's really not. It's, it's we'll, grown at Uber Eats. We might do a show okay. on where some of that yum yum comes from because uh, it's not free. Although, although... The World Economic Forum says in in uh, by 2030, because of digitization, food's going to be free. Isn't that great? We're going to digitize food? No, no, no. Because <laughs> digitization is going to make everything so great and so easy oh. uh, that food will be free. Hmm. <laughs> An interesting prediction. Right. And I'm the one called crazy on right. predictions. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, Stephen Moore uh, gives us the state of the economy and what exactly was hidden in that bill that now we find out about. That's coming up in just a minute. Also, we really need your support at Blaze TV. Will you consider becoming a subscriber and join our family? We need to stay in contact with you, and we need your support. Join us now, blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn Glenn to save. 
let me tell you a little bit about uh, Strive Asset Management. Telling you earlier, there are a few major businesses in America right now that have the courage to stand up and fight against ESG. Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, whom you've heard on this program, has started one of them with Strive Asset Management. This is so important. Strive has just launched its energy index firm to go up against groups like BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard. They just launched their first ETF. It's an exchange-traded fund. Uh, it's it's labeled on the um, on the New York Stock Exchange DRLL drill, and it's dedicated to investors who are striving for America's energy independence again. Investors just like you, we're facing an energy crisis. We should be pouring money in investments into these energy companies. Instead, BlackRock and all these guys are blocking them. So take some of your investment money, please, and check out Strive Asset Management. Strivefunds.com slash D-R-L-L. Strivefunds.com slash D-R-L-L. Check it out. Do it today. All right. Back with Mr. Stephen Moore. Glenn Beck program. I'm a doctor, man. Uh, hello and welcome to the uh, program. Today, we're going to talk to Stephen Moore, senior economic contributor to FreedomWorks, co-founder of Committee to Unleash Prosperity, distinguished fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and he has been looking into the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, he's found some things that might be a problem. We're going to talk to Stephen Moore about that in 60 seconds. We all have found the right place to take a stand, right? If we could just weather, you know, what's happening right now. We can if we stand together, because that's how America works. It's not just about refusing to do business with companies whom we disagree with. we got to be for something. It's got to be about doing business with companies that hold our values. There is a parallel economy, believe it or not, that is being built in America, and that's how we can really make a difference. One that will not only save you a ton of money, but also put you in a position of using your money for a good cause. That's why I want you to make the switch to Patriot Mobile. That's exactly what will happen. Why on earth would you settle for anything less? PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. They're on the same cell towers, give you the same service, better price and they are in the fight patriotmobile.com slash beck 972 patriot 972 patriot or patriotmobile.com slash beck steven how are you sir steven 
Hey, Glenn, it's so good to be with you. Yeah, how are you? Well, I'm not so good. I'm doing fine. I think the country's going to hell. Yeah, okay, uh, so all right. Yeah. You, you want to always separate still, that. I don't know anybody who says fine. They Now, they are always like, well, in spite of everything, I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I love this title of this bill, the Inflation Reduction Act. I think uh, I'm with the 86% of Americans who don't believe that this is going to reduce inflation. Uh, and, of course, it won't. It's Look, uh, you know, Glenn, you and I have known each other for, what, 25, 30 years. Yeah. And we've been, you know, voices for fiscal sanity. And I just want to let your listeners know that if you add up all of the spending and debt that we've incurred since Biden came into office, uh, let's see, it started with that $1.9 trillion uh, massive spending bill in the first month that Biden came in, which was basically a blue state bailout. Then they did the $1.1 trillion Green New Deal bill. Remember, that was at mm-hmm. the end of last year, which, by the way, some Republicans voted for. They're not blameless here. No, and then you had um, to, about a month ago, they passed a $200 billion corporate welfare bill for uh, Samsung and, uh, and Intel. For, and then uh, and then now we've got this $700 billion spending bill. So if my math is right, Glenn, and you just add all that up, cha-ching, 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 it's $4 trillion. Listen to, months. Listen to this. Trillion. Listen to this. Steven said, he just tweeted, I love this tweet. He tweeted, Joe Biden has spent more money than the cost of the Louisiana Purchase, the Erie and Panama Canals, Intercontinental Railroad, the Interstate Highway System, <laughs> the Eradication of Polio and Smallpox, the GI Bill of Rights, the Marshall Plan, the moon landing, the human genome product uh, project, all combined. That is a staggering. And, 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 and Glenn, adjusted for inflation. So, I mean, adjusted think about how much we're spending right now. Uh, another way to put it is, you know, if you take adjust for inflation, the amount of money that Biden spent in 18 months is more money or no, just about exactly the amount of money that we spent to uh, win World War II. Mm. Hmm. At least we got something. At least we won that war. Well, we have. I mean, we have soldiers. You've heard about the 87,000 new IRS agents. So we got soldiers. Um, That's the thing that's making um, people angriest about this bill that I found in the last week or two. Uh, 87,000 new IRS agents. By the way, um, they will be uh, many of them will be armed. Why, Why does the IRS need? $10 $10 million worth of guns, ammo, and military equipment. The IRS? I thought they were here to help us. Um, this is going to be targeting... Glenn, I'm, I'm deadly serious about this. They will use this money. They're not going to go after Bill Gates and Warren Buffett no. and Mark Zuckerberg and billionaires. They're not going to go after General Electric and General Motors and Google. Those you know, those companies are already audited almost every day, and, and, and the billionaires have their own armies of, of tax accountants and lawyers. They're going to go after... First of all, middle class people and small businesses, they're going to be a big target. But most importantly, I guarantee this. You heard it first on the Glenn Beck Show. They are going to weaponize the IRS, just like they've weaponized the Justice Department and the FBI. And they're going to go after people like you and me who dare challenge the Biden left wing agenda. Thank you. You know how Mike Lee introduced me the other night at a speech I was giving? Senator Mike Lee stood up and he said, uh, I'd like to introduce you to a man who needs no introduction. Uh, let me just say he's never been arrested for a federal offense yet. 
<laughs> Stick around, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they'll find it, something. They will. Yeah. They will. You know, Glenn, I got to tell you. So, you may recall that three years ago, I was nominated by Donald Trump to be on the Federal Reserve Board. Yes. And um, three days after I was nominated, the New York Times, because they have their sleuth reporters, reported on the front page of the newspaper that Steve Moore can't be on the on the uh, Federal Reserve Board because he has a fifty thousand dollar tax lien. Well, which was true. I did have a $50,000 tax lien. My wife and I had been fighting the IRS for almost three years. We spent tens of thousands of dollars fighting them because we we were in the right and they were in the wrong. But I am so sick and tired of these Democrats saying, gee, if you pay your taxes on time and you're honest, you have nothing to worry about. Yes, yeah, we, we pay our taxes on time. We, we paid the money we owed. We've contended the IRS owed us money that we overpaid our taxes, underpaid it. Anyway, I had to withdraw my nomination because you can't be, you know, on a <laughs> federal board like that if you have a tax. Right. Excuse me, a tax lien. And you know what happened two months after that? We get a letter from the IRS saying, oh, by the way, before that, before I tell you the end of this, I should tell you, I went to two tax accountants, three tax attorneys. They all said the same thing. They said, Steve, you're right on the facts. They said, but you know what? You should probably pay it. Just pay it because you know what? Yeah. It's going to cost you more money to, to go to court and, yeah. and challenge this. Well, we said, well, screw that. We're going to, we're going forward with this. And we, three months after I uh, withdrew my nomination, we get a letter from the IRS and whoopsie daisy. Yeah, you're right. We made a mistake. We owe you money. <laughs> but uh. my point is, that 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 is so this idea that somehow this is if you pay your taxes you're going to be okay no they're going to find something and the other thing is the tax the tax code is so damn complicated I know that nobody I, nobody knows what they owe Steven, I mean my god it's ridiculous I have to pay file taxes in 50 states okay my tax my tax thing not because I make a ton of money just because it's so damn complex is a right. novel it's a huge and I don't understand any of it and I can't tell you how many times I have said to my guys, because I know that it's a weapon, and uh, I've said to my my tax guys, look, if there's a line, I want a cavern between me and the line, okay? They will call me up and they'll say, you know, hey, what about this? What about that? And I'll be like, I don't know. Where's the line? And they're like, we don't know. Some people say that it's close to a line. Some people say there isn't any line there, that this is, you shouldn't even have to pay this. And I'm like, are those crazy people? And they're like, no, about half the office says no. About half the office says, well, I'm not, I don't know for sure. There is no right answer many times when you're doing your taxes. That's true. And and by the way, the IRS oftentimes can't answer any of your questions. Correct. And and I love this idea that they say, oh, we're going to use this money to help you, you know, do your tax. No, they're not. That's nine, only four or five percent of the money is to use to, for taxpayer assistance. Most of it is for investigations and audits. And look, if we had a simple, you know, simple tax system, I mean, I'm a flat tax guy. Just mm-hmm. make it really simple. Get rid of the deductions, the loopholes. Why do we need to give people nine thousand dollars to buy a Tesla? Especially when they're willing to wait for a year. <laughs> exactly. Why are we? Why? Why are we? You know, we have just all the. You know, you get tax credits for windmills and bull sperm and mm-hmm. blah, 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 all this stuff. Why don't we just make it really simple? Everybody pays their fair share. It, it doesn't take you know weeks and weeks to figure out how much tax you owe. Again, the reason that people have problems with their taxes is because they can't understand it. They mm. don't know what they owe. Right. So, Stephen. Um, uh, I don't know how much you've done on ESG, but I think this is the greatest danger to yeah. um, to the free world, not just America, but to the entire free world, free market. Um, and 
you know what their goal is uh you won't own anything by 2030 2035 they say 2030 but i think that's crazy but if that's really your goal especially in a country like america or in the west where ownership means something um we're built on ownership the only mm-hmm. way you can do that is to impoverish a nation uh and i think that's part of this irs it is it is all of these things are built to impoverish us to the point to where we have to have, well, please, please help us, help us, help us. Do you agree with that? So, you know, you know, it's interesting because the first question I always get asked nowadays when I give a talk about, you know, Biden's ruinous agenda, and it is ruinous. I mean, I can't think of one thing that he has done right for the economy. And, and you know, I'm proud of what we did under Trump. I was one of his senior economic advisors. We had the economy roaring, and it would yeah. be, that's the, my frustration, Glenn, if Trump were still president today, the economy, in my opinion, would, would be booming. We wouldn't be talking about a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then people always ask me, are these people doing this intentionally? <laughs> and I used to say, no, I think they're misguided. I don't think they're mendacious. But now I'm not, when I read this bill, this bill is so damaging to America. The two biggest winners from this war on American energy and that's what this bill is. It's a war on American energy, our oil and gas and coal, which is where we get 70%. We get another 10% of nuclear. They don't like nuclear power either. So they're like 80% of the places we get our energy. If you want to destroy a country, a good way to, to destroy it is to destroy its energy supply. And who are the two biggest winners from this? That's the other thing that's so frightening to me, Glenn. Russia and the Saudi Arabia? Biggest, Russia and China. China's and China. building... 50 coal plants right now in five years china is going to be producing five times as much coal as we are do you think for one minute president xi cares about climate change no no and let me go to esg i don't know if you heard this yesterday uh half a billion dollars from saudi arabia was invested in the esg funds uh at blackrock now, how wow. could BlackRock say that they are for the environment and these yeah, funds exactly. are for the environment? If it coming from Saudi Arabia, <laughs> they want I mean, to tube us. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the only explanation, it really. Is. I mean, either they're incredible fools, <laughs> which would be the benign explanation, or there's something more sinister going on here. Because I guarantee it, you know, all my young, you know, my kids, friends, they're all millennials and oh, green energy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're not going to like it so much when you stick, stick your, your charger in the socket and no power comes out. And we've already seen that, by the way, in states like California. Yeah. Look, at, look at what's happening in Europe, folks. Open your eyes. Europe tried green energy. It was a catastrophe. Oh, I, I, have to, run. I have to tell you, Stephen, I think the Mountain West, uh, California, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, all of that, I think you are going to see real trouble in the coming years because they're they're not only talking about getting rid of all the coal power, um, yep. the hydroelectric power is way, way down just because of drought yep. situations, but they're also talking about taking the five dams off the Snake River. I know. That's insanity. Yep. There's no, <laughs> yeah, how will you power anything in the, in the uh, West? 
And by the way, why is the left? I mean, this is the other thing. Why is the left against hydropower? Hydropower is the ultimate uh, renewable energy. Because it's of a the great fish. way to get electricity. You get a lot of electric power in New York City from from uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah. And and yet we're not. You, they don't want that. In other words, the only forms of energy that they want to use are the ones that don't work. So maybe right. there is something more sinister yeah. going on here. Why do so, they get nuclear power, Glenn? Uh, if you want to reduce carbon emissions to nothing, you know. Stephen, you and I have talked about plant. you and I talked about this in 2005. Nuclear <laughs> power and hydrogen go hand in hand. Yep. Nuclear power at night can make hydrogen all night when everybody is asleep. Clean energy, 100% clean. Yep. Those two things, and your problem is solved. All right, hang on just a second, Stephen, because I, I want to get to the bill, and you show us some of the things in the bill that you found. We'll do that in 60 seconds. Uh, find out how long you can stay with us, will you? Um, Tuttle Twins, if you haven't checked out America History Book, the American History Book by the Tuttle Twins, you're running out of time on their offer, which includes all of the audiobooks and workbooks that go with it. You've got two more days. Now, kids don't learn history in school. This is a fantastic history book for your kids. It, it is, honestly, it's a book that should be in every classroom in America um, to just give the basics. Now, this history book is from 1215 to 1776. So you want to know what happened at Jamestown? You want to know what happened with the pilgrims? Do you want to know who we really are and why we were founded? This is the history book. You need to have it for your kids. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Before the offer is gone on Friday, do it now. They're throwing in the audiobooks, the workbooks, and everything else get this deal and the free sample chapter if you want to just read that first before you buy it uh it all ends on friday so go to tuttletwinsbeck.com do it now tuttletwinsbeck.com 10 seconds station id you know there's something else um Gee, it's, it's really weird that it seems like global warming and all of this uh, heat and everything else uh, stopped for a few years, and now it's starting again. Well, guess what's back in fashion again in space? The sun. Solar flares are happening again. The sun is going into high activity. It, it's a cycle, and it was in activity when everybody was screaming about global warming, and then when all that stopped... The sun was in its quiet period. It's now in a very active period again, and it will be for the next few years. The cannibal solar ejection is a, is supposed to hit Earth this week. Huge solar flare. Um, and that, you know, that brings it millions of miles closer to us. And that's why we have problems. Mass ejection. Uh, strong geomagnetic storms are uh, headed in our direction. There could be some more problems, but let's keep things into perspective, shall we? All right, Michael uh, or Stephen, um, tell me what uh, Michael Moore. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, tell me uh, what you found in that that was hidden in this bill. Well, how much time you got, Glenn? <laughs> this is something like 800 pages, but um, I don't even kind of know where to start. But the um, can we start the, with this? Did the, you find on page like 683? We found um, the EPA is now authorized, has the money and the teeth 
to create their own ESG uh, framework for farmers. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. And I'll give you another one that that I think is outrageous is that um, we found that, for example, they have three billion dollars for something called environmental justice grants yes you heard about that yeah now i'll tell you what that is it's just a payoff to all the liberal special interest groups all the you know the 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 groups that made joe biden's this is graft (laughs) this is graft it's basically paying the people who who elected biden money so and that the whole bill is graft all it does is give money to all the groups that gave joe biden money um, and I'll give you an example of that. They want to, you know, they have 87,000 new IRS agents, 20 to $30 billion more they're going to spend in doubling the size of the IRS. Do you know uh, the IRS um, employees have a PAC, uh, Political Action Committee? Do you know where 99% of which party 99% of that money goes to? Yeah, Democrats. <laughs> the Democrats. So let's get this right. They're going to give the Democrats are going to forty billion dollars to the IRS to hire eighty seven thousand more agents. Those eighty seven thousand more agents are going to give money to the political action committee of the uh, employees, and the employees are going to then give that the PAC's going to give the money back to the uh, to the um, to the uh, Democrats who who uh, who gave the money in the first place. This is like a third world country we're turning into. I know. You know, it it really bothers me as well, uh, Stephen, that that, um, they've made it a whole-of-government action uh, to uh, sign up new voters and register new voters. So every agency is now doing it. And with the flood of money that is coming into these agencies... You know, I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. Yeah, because we don't. Well, I'll give you. you nobody's asked, following yeah, you it. Asked, yeah. So you, you asked me about some other weird, crazy stuff in this bill. So they they wanted to give all this money for the electric battery industry, so everybody could go out and buy electric cars. And by the way, if you have a car right now that runs on gasoline, you might want to hold on to that because I'm not making this up. There, my prediction is within five to ten years, they're going to abolish any new cars that are gas power oh yeah absolutely they're going to make they're going to basically not you're going to have choice you're not going to have any choice you're going to have to buy an electric vehicle whether you want to or not and by the way do you know what percentage of new car sales last month in the last three months were electric vehicles no what percentage five percent so not people 95 percent of the cars people want and are buying are not electric vehicles people I, i don't have anything against electric vehicles but i don't want the government telling me i have to buy one right and i I also would like to see the plan. I've talked to energy people, and they're like, you put the entire fleet on electricity. We're out. We're out. Exactly. Okay, hang on. (laughs) Hang on. Stephen Moore is with us. We're going to continue our conversation here in just a second. Stand by for more. The Glenn Beck Program. If uh, if we have time uh, to get to this with Stephen, I'd love to talk to him and hear his thoughts on the uh, the new economic system that the BRIC com- company uh, countries are putting together. China, Russia, all of them, Brazil, and they are challenging the U.S. dollar. It is coming. Um, you know, <laughs> I know you might have money in the bank. Uh, but if the cur- currency continues to flate, I don't care if you are Warren Buffett, if your currency, if you have it all in dollars as it inflates or we have a challenge and our reserve currency uh, status goes away, it's paper. That's all it is. 
Goldline is giving away 20 of the new one ounce Ben Franklin copper rounds with every gold legal tender bar card purchased. It is a huge number of rounds. They'd be included free of charge. The bars always sell out. So don't wait. Ask about the special call Goldline right now. It is so important that you take some of your money and and hedge against insanity. It's not just inflation anymore. It's insanity. Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. We're back with more of where your trillions of dollars are going next. All right. We are talking to uh, Stephen Moore, who has gone through uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, which can we stop with this if it's named the all oh, sweet little puppy dogs want to give you a hug act you know it's <laughs> riddled with bad things okay um let's go to Stephen moore has been going through this and you found a few things that maybe we should have paid attention to and or at least read before we signed the bill and voted for it what'd you find right. Stephen? By the, way, by the way, let me just confess that I tried to make it through the whole bill. It's, it's something like 800 pages, so I'm not all the way through it. But I want to make a point here. Glenn, seriously, how many members of Congress do you think read this bill? None. Zero. None. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what's in it. Yeah. I mean, this is some way to run a country, isn't it? Where you're, pa- you're, you're taxing and spending $700 billion more money, and no, none of them have any idea what's in the bill. I, t- I talk to members of Congress and the Senate all the time, and they tell me there are four people. There are only four people that, that run the, the place up there. Um, and it is McCarthy, Pelosi, Schumer, and uh, McConnell. And they, they, they you know get what? together and they make all of it and they say, this is what you're doing. And they put it out and you don't even get a chance to read it. It's worse than that. Oh it's my. worse than that, Glenn, because the truth is that McCarthy, McConnell, uh, you know, Pelosi, they don't even know what's in this bill. In other words, they didn't write the bill. This was written by some, you know, 24 year old, you know, graduate of, uh, you know, uh, Wesleyan College, who's a left winger. Who puts all this? Who, how do you think this stuff gets in these bills? Well, I'd like to know. I'd like to know which um, organizations actually did the bulk of work on it. Because, like the exactly. the healthcare bill, you remember? I mean, it was not written by anybody actually in the government. When they, exactly. if the, God forbid, they ever pass you know regulation on these uh, social media companies, it will all be written by them. It will be. Yeah, yeah. The end the the lobbyists virtually are writing the bills yes. <laughs> and that's how bad it is right. right now so you asked me what uh you know some other uh stuff in here that's outrageous so th- this is all more kind of humorous so they had this bill the bill you know it's all giving all this money for um electric batteries and tesla and you know all, all the electric cars uh but the problem was of course that um guess where those batteries are made china so then they realized, oops, we have a problem here. This is a big subsidy program to China. So then they said, okay, we're not going to let you get the subsidies if any part of it is made in China. And guess what? Then they found 85% of the cars aren't eligible for that. Right. I think it was the auto industry that was like, they knew about this. It's weird. The American people didn't know about it, but the auto industry knew about it. And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't do that. 
So without China, we can't build these cars. And why? Look, it's it's lunatic. We have more coal, we have more oil, more gas than any other country in the world. You know, and natural gas, by the way, is is reducing pollution levels. And so this bill constricts the amount of energy we can. And don't believe for one minute this line that this is going to increase our, uh, you know, our production of oil, and gas, and coal. Do you think any of those permits are ever going to get permitted? No. <laughs> no. no. Zero. So, I mean, the so, Democrats so have already said that. Could you take that on in, in any way that relates to this bill, uh, if you can? You know, it, people actually believe that it's the oil companies that aren't doing it. Uh, and, you know, we've already talked about ESG and how that funding has dried up for exploration. Um, but the government, is this bill actually opening anything or is it is it designed to hurt the oil and gas industry? Well, I mean, just asking the question answers it, right? I mean, this is a president. The one promise that he's he made that he's kept is that, remember when he said yeah. in that famous debate against, against uh, Trump, I mean to close down the oil and gas industry. And that's exactly what he is doing. We have a new study out um, by my friend Casey Mulligan, uh, who's the top one of the top economists in the country at University of Chicago. We estimate we'd be producing three million more barrels a day, a day. If Trump were still president and we had the, the laws in place that we did then. And think about that at a hundred million, a uh, hundred dollars a barrel. Math is pretty easy here, Glenn, a hundred dollars times 300, three a million. That's $300 million a day, a day. The country is losing because of these lunatic energy policies. That's a, over a hundred billion dollars a year this is costing us. And I'm sure, sorry, folks, anyone who actually believes for one minute that you can run a $23 trillion economy that makes cars and steel and manufactured products and construction products and the, the technology industries, you're going to run that on windmills? It, it, it is, it is well, so I mean, preposterous. Here's the I thing. Mean, is, here's the thing. This is, this is so amazing. The reason why we really changed the world and also had that moment in america after the war was because we had three things energy we had we had all of the riches of the earth in in here and we were using them um we had cheap energy not just energy but cheap energy and we had educated cheaper labor well, the unions got rid of the labor. The education got rid of the other half, the brain power uh, yeah, of labor. Yeah. We are yeah. we no longer have cheap energy. In fact, we'll have no energy, and we will not take any mineral out of the ground. You got nothing left. And by the way, if you and you're exactly right about that, we have more mineral resources. This country was incredibly endowed by God with amazing resources. Oh no other God. country in the world has white has Christian resources. nationalism. It, yeah, it's like it's like there's a sixty trillion dollar treasury chest under this country, mm-hmm. and the left is saying don't don't dig it up, don't yeah. dig it up. Yeah, and and that's insanity. And and by the way, how are you going to get? <laughs> Here's another thing: these people are so stupid, or else they're mendacious. How are you going to get the uh, batteries and all of the 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 the, uh, the solar panels and the wind turbines if you don't have these precious metals? Flying monkeys. 
Really? I mean, my mind is spinning. I want to pull my hair out of the stupidity of these policies. And we are, I'm going to warn people, we are going to have brownouts and blackouts around this country in the next two or three years if these insane energy policies go forward. No doubt about it in my mind. I think you're you going to see people... I think you're going to see people uh, start freeze to death in America in in possibly this winter just because they won't be able to afford the energy prices. Yeah. And um, by the way, just so people don't think you're exaggerating, did you see, see the story about what happened in Spain this week? No. Oh, about okay, 80 so degrees? Spain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they want to set the the they want to um, make it illegal in Spain because they have a heat wave going on in Europe to set your, the temperature of your air conditioner at um, less than 80 degrees, 80 degrees. And by the way, if we have to save on energy, on electricity, how are we going to power all these electric vehicles? Yeah. It's, <laughs> so let me ask you this, Stephen, with, with what we did with Russia, um, could we have avoided if, if Trump were still in, and none of this with Russia would have happened if he were in. But uh, if yeah. if this exact situation was happening, but we kept the same energy policies as Trump had, would we would Europe be in the trouble that it's in today? No, but, you know, Europe deserves a lot of the blame for themselves. It was Donald Trump. Remember, four years ago, who waved his fingers at finger at, by the way, one of the most overrated people in the last hundred years is Angela Merkel. She yes. destroyed Germany. She destroyed Germany. She was Time Magazine's person of the year five years ago. Wow. And Germany is a complete mess right now. Wow. And talk about worshiping false gods. And so you're right. I mean, Europe fell into this trap of saying, oh, we're going to we're gonna be dependent. We're going to go with green energy, and then we're going to get our, our natural gas from Russia. Russia now, just as, just as Trump predicted, the 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 Western Europeans are now dependent on Russia and uh, and uh, Putin for energy. We should be we should be exporting our massive amounts of uh, net of uh, of uh, natural gas to Europe. They should be dependent on the United States, not Russia. But that's a decision they made. But now we can't export it because we can't produce it here in any in America anymore. I tell you, what's really frightening and immoral. It, it be, beside all of the the out of control government that we have right now that we're not living our own laws constitution that the american people are being called terrorists now um, beyond all that the the most immoral thing i have seen our country do uh since the civil rights era um is is clamp down on our farmers Tell our farmers not to grow. Tell our farmers exactly um, how they need to farm. Take away the fertilizer, which will cut our crop yep, yield yep, yep, about 30%. Yep, yep. Plus, yep. all of the things that we're doing with energy right now, the people that will freeze to death and starve all around the world because the United States is taking this path, all of the people that we could save from death starvation heat cold all of that it is immoral because we're the ones that always come in and rescue people the world has no one to rescue uh, rescue them from this no one it is immoral it is immoral and to add to that for our 
you know, State Department and John Kerry, who's the second dumbest person on the planet, to go around to these third world countries where they don't, you know, they literally don't have, you know, electric power and the women have to still, you know, go a mile and carry the jugs of water back to the village. Uh, Then we go to these little and and the, and our state department is telling us, Oh, don't, don't build coal plants here. They don't have electric power. They don't have clean water. (laughs) And they're saying, you should be worrying about climate change. I mean, these climate people. change is something people at country clubs in America with who make million dollar salaries worry about. People in third world countries who live day to day in deprivation. Right. You want to you want to help people around the world. Let's get them clean water and secure forms of energy that will move people out. of power. Uh, I, we're not doing that. I'll tell you, uh, Stephen, I think these guys are Malthusian. I mean, yeah. Everything, every death that happens reduces what they believe is the surplus population uh, and and helps also, you know, clean the air. You know, we'd be much better off if we didn't have all these people. Um, uh, It's an unspoken thing for for most. uh, But there are those who actually speak those words. And it is it's evil what is happening. It's just evil. Stephen, thank you so much for all your work. And I don't know why we don't have you on more. Uh, I really enjoy talking to you. (laughs) Yeah, good good talking to you. you. Thank you. You You bet. Bye-bye. Judith wrote in about her experience with uh, Relief Factor. She said, I started taking Relief Factor about two months ago. She says, the stuff is fantastic. It has helped me so much. In addition to my arthritis, I have a lot of other aches and pains throughout my body. And Relief Factor has been a miracle worker for me. It's given me back my vitality. It took weeks to start working, a few weeks, she said, but boy, was it worth it once it kicked in. Thank you so much, Relief Factor. Usually you will see results or no results in the first three weeks. It was not full strength for me at three weeks, but I did see a difference, but it was subtle enough to where I was like, oh, this that, that is not doing anything. When I stopped taking it, All of the pain came back and reminded me, oh, no, it was much worse without this. Uh, And over time, it's just it's gone. Please try a three week quick start. See if it works for you. Nineteen ninety five dollar a day trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered it. Seventy percent go on to order more month after month. Relieffactor.com. One eight hundred. The number four relief. Eight hundred four relief. Relieffactor.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glenbeck.com. Placido Domingo. Uh-huh. Uh, he's in trouble. He's 81 years old. He's 81 years old. And apparently, uh, prosecutors in Argentina are linking him to a criminal group in Buenos Aires uh, that was just a front for sexual trafficking, sex trafficking, including sex trafficking of minors, as well as other crimes. This is why we have to stop coal. I mean, we're always people are always sex trafficking minors. I don't. I, and I, I don't think that's. Oh, the other kind? Yeah, I think. Oh, that's even worse. Even worse, yeah. Um, So uh, Placido Domingo somehow or another is involved in sex trafficking. They apparently have him on tape from wiretaps. Placido Domingo. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never really listen to Ave Maria again the same way from him. 
I can stop you at the end of again. Yeah, I will never yeah. listen to Ave Maria again. Yeah, regardless of whether he's trafficking children or not, right. that you can honestly <laughs> keep it. <laughs> you know, have you? I mean, it's really you can see how conspiracy theories begin with the, for instance, the schools now and all the teachers with the the child sexual things that are happening, all the seeming. You know, um, they don't seem to care about the trafficking in our own government that's happening with the cartels on our own border. It's helping that. Then you have Placido Domingo, you know, do you could see you could, very easy as a novel writer to put all those things together and, you know, come up with Pizzagate. I'd like a ham and cheese pizza, please. He wants a 14 year old. That's why it's so hard to decipher, I think, for a lot of people what the What's truth true is. is because you, yeah. you you get a mainstream media publication that will lie to you constantly. Constantly. Uh, to tell you uh, all sorts of things that aren't true. And then when you when they say something that is false, when it actually is false, it's hard to, to know whether well, to trust them. And yeah. then you do have... Like, you know, look, not every single person in Washington, D.C. is, is uh, you know, importing uh, kids to pizza restaurants <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to state the obvious truth here. But also, like, Jeffrey Epstein was a real person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like and I, connected you know. <laughs> with a lot of these people. Yeah. And then, then it was all covered. The transparency. You want to stop disinformation, malinformation, et cetera, et cetera. Transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, th- we should know everything about who was in the phone book for Epstein. We should know it. Because that's the only way you stop this kind of stuff uh, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, you know, lies and deception and, uh, and, and just dangerous, dangerous conspiracies, conspiracy theories. You have to be transparent. And that is the one thing that our government and others just will not do. The Glenn Beck Program.